This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to PuckCast, Rotowire's signature NHL hockey pod with Statsman and AJ. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno in Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman22. AJ Scholes is alongside from Madison, Wisconsin, and you can follow him at AJ Scholes24. Partner, we have the white stuff on the ground. Now it really feels like hockey season, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me especially, yesterday was the first day of tryouts for the uh, the local high school team that uh, I'm I help uh, help coach here so yeah hockey season really in full swing here as well <laughs> AJ I want you to keep me informed if there's any superstars in, under your wings there and uh, uh, under your tutelage <laughs> and direction I'd love to find out before anybody else does to stash them okay <laughs> <laughs> will do will do all right partner well north of the border there's a big elephant in the room AJ with the stunning news that Don Cherry was fired yesterday on Remembrance Day, no less, which is probably his uh, the most significant day on his calendar, and that's really where I would like to begin. Um, I, I don't know exactly where you stand, but I'm on the side where I think this guy's heart was in the right place, but his mouth wasn't, and that's what got him into trouble. The, we live in an era, an era of political correctness, and uh, there's just a few things that you cannot say, and he overstepped those bounds with his comments, but beneath that all... This guy is a, a foremost patriot, uh, army his, historian, uh, battle historian, and uh, he knows whereof he speaks in that space, believe me. Uh, I've met him privately and, and in public situations, and the guy wears his heart on his sleeve for the country, and that's where uh, not a lot of people are addressing that aspect. They're vilifying him for the comments that he made, and I, I said it off the top. You can't say some of the things the way he did. In, in in this time and, and he paid for it and it's a shame because it obscures the 35 years that he's been in the public eye and uh, I've seen him in the rinks away from the cameras and he knows his hockey yeah I mean the the issue here is not not just a one-time thing either though you know you you've got comments about calling the Carolina guys for their post-game celebrations a bunch of jerks and and they really rolled with that down in Carolina and it, and it worked great I I'm of the era I love that 
Um, you know, you would not want me around when you start talking about unwritten rules in baseball, because I'm, uh, you know, the, the blow it up and, you know, let guys celebrate kind of, uh, stance, but you've got that, you've got comments about women shouldn't be not being allowed in locker rooms, stuff like that. And so, you know, I, we don't see Don Cherry every night here, uh, in the U S in fact, I can't recall off the top of my head, uh, ever having seen him, uh, you know, while watching a game, it's all, you know, uh, you know, Pierre and, and NBC down here. But, um, you know, I, I, unfortunately I think it's, it's a long time coming, uh, based on the other comments. And I do think this was probably just a straw, uh, that broke the camel's back there. You know, there's, there's only so long you can defend a guy for, um, for those kind of missteps, uh, you know, in, in today's day and age. Yeah, there's no question. He was a very polarizing figure throughout his career. And, uh, at 80, 85 years old, I just wish him peace now. And, uh, the rest of his life and i hope that he can get past this issue but uh, it certainly did cost him big time aj we have some hockey talk but uh, i want you to go through your usual reminder for our listeners because there's a lot going on that uh, we can help them with during the course of the week isn't there yeah absolutely if you've got questions um, about your lineups whether that's season long or dfs um, questions or just hockey in general you know you want our take on what we're seeing out there um you know, in fact, you know, I would even welcome our, our listeners, you know, if you're watching a game uh, and have, you know, want our take on something that you just saw, feel free to tweet at us. We're obviously not always able to respond. If you're asking about Toronto games, Paul's probably there. That's going to make <laughs> responding difficult. But uh, yeah, please just any and all hockey questions. We love interacting with you guys uh, on Twitter there as Paul mentioned you can follow me at AJ Scholes 24 and you can follow Paul the Statsman at Statsman 22. And we begin as always with the Anaheim Ducks. They went 0-2 last week and their defense has been a little bit decimated by injury. AJ Hampus Lindholm, Lindholm is out with an undisclosed hurt on the IR. It's too bad because he had nine points in 15 games played. That projects to almost a career best for him extended over an entire season and right beside him Josh Manson another veteran is dealing with a sprained knee he's out until late November that means we expect Cam Fowler to continue to carry out the offensive wor- workload as you might expect but Michael Del is a guy who has a big time offensive pedigree and he should be see bigger lever- high leverage minutes and uh, could be a, a good DFS value in that role but another guy I want to mention is Josh Mahura a lesser known uh, player who was called up from the AHL and moves into the second deep pairing this guy too has a bit of an offensive upside I wonder if he'll get a look on a special team situation might be a, a name to keep an eye on and uh, up front they got to get some good news in terms of the return of Andre Case returning to lineup and resuming his right wing role on the top line and uh, keep an eye out for him because he's a good fantasy value playing on Getzlaff's wing yeah I think in terms of fantasy value the, though that's really uh, where you're going to wind up is is whether you want to pay up for Getzlaff or, you know, if you want to take case as well, even, you know, I'm a huge proponent of stacking lines across the board and, and taking all three guys on a line that's going to produce. But at, even right now, um, I'm hesitant uh, to even touch Nick Ritchie, who's on that first line assignment right now. Now, he does have two points in the last three games, 
but that's his only goal uh, in in a 14 game stretch right now. He does have some assists over there. He's getting power play ice time, so there's certainly things to like um, in his game. But for me right now, it's it's kind of a fade uh, in terms of that. So this is a team where I'm more looking at them as maybe the the one plug option. So maybe I stack, uh, you know, a different team on that night, uh, and then I, I throw in uh, an Andre Case or Ryan Getzlaff as another option. So uh, as, I, as I said, I generally favor those stacks, but I might avoid it here in Anaheim. The Arizona Coyotes are off to a pretty nice start. They added another win last night against Washington, no less, uh, AJ, to their record. And Nick Schmaltz has emerged as a center on the top line. Uh, that's a bit of a surprise to both of us, I think, based on our preseason projections. But uh, he's on pace for over 40 assists and 60 points in this role should he hold on to it. So that would be a bit of a breakout season that we didn't expect and uh, worth noting here. On the defense, Alex Goligoski is another guy you can put in that same category. But he has just re- revived some early talents, that early, early career talents that we haven't seen for a long while. Now on pace for 40 to 50 points uh, himself to lead this defense corps. And that includes Oliver ekman Larson. So that's a notable situation as well. And they're getting a nice bit of production from Jacob Chikrin, who has added three goals in his last eight games from the back end. So good production on the defense here that uh, a lot of people will will not uh, consider up front when they think about top teams and their defensive compliments. Behind them all, Darcy Kemper gave up seven goals and lost both his stars last week, possibly giving Antti Ranta a chance this week, and he uh, started with uh, the victory last night. I have to wonder if maybe this is a situation uh, where you're going to see one of these netminders move. Now, they've got Eric Comrie, uh, who's on a conditioning stint after uh, running into some immigration uh, issues to, to join up with the team. Then they also have Ranta and Kemper. And you have to wonder, there's a certain club uh, close to home for you, Paul, that might be uh, come calling here. So I wonder if this is a situation of, of power here where they could consider trading either Ranta or Comrie, uh, depending on, on what the needs are the other team oh we'll get to the leaf goalie situation believe me (laughs) but right now their arch rivals are up next the boston bruins and a tip of the hat to zidane ochara who reached the 1500 games played plateau the the boston giant is a factor again in fantasy aj because not only is he getting some power play time he's scoring a couple of goals but he hits and and blocks shots every game and those factors count in on the dfs uh, tallies so keep an eye on him particularly as now tory krug is dealing with an upper body injury that he sustained on the weekend he was drilled into the boards by uh, Claude Giroux and uh, may curtail his uh, early season for a little bit. 13 points and 17 games played. They're going to miss this guy who's essentially their power play quarterback, but uh, they have a lot of weapons here and, and it starts, begins and ends almost with the big line. And Brad Marchand right up there with the top scorers in the league. Again, three goals and three assists last week. On the downside, Jake DeBrusque dealing with a lower, bo- lower body injury. They've expected him to have a bit of a breakout campaign and he showed flashes, but this is uh, something that's going to slow him down for a little bit. Well, you mentioned that top line and and everything that they're doing. But, you know, as you said, they went one, two and one last week. And that's because of uh, really the depth is being challenged here. You know, DeBrusque is out, but also Brett Ritchie, David Backus. And these aren't guys necessarily that are playing, you know, big minutes every night in a top six role. But suddenly with DeBrusque out, you've got Danton Heinen playing on the second line. You've got uh, a couple call that 
call-ups in, in Nordstrom and Cheshiren playing with them as well. And so really, I think the, the depth is getting stretched here uh, in the forward groups that's making it almost easier to play against Boston right now. You do whatever you can to try and slow down that top line. You're not going to stop them, but slow them down as much as you can. And then you just go from there uh, and get some good matchups against the lower uh, lower lines here. AJ, the Buffalo Sabres played uh, a couple of games in the Global Series against Tampa last week, and they lost them both, despite the fact they were competitive outings. But that's five losses in a row for the Sabres. We were wondering if their early season start was sustainable. I know there's a lot of Buffalo fans in the home office there. I wonder what they're thinking. But I think that the bubble has burst a little bit here, and it's because they just don't have that high-end goaltending. And and in this division, if you don't have the goaltending, you're going to trail about five or six teams just on that score alone. It's it's loaded with top-end goalie talent. Uh, You can't blame the Sabres on that too much because they had to play the the hand that they've dealt and Carter Hutton is just a couple of seasons removed from being a career backup in there Uh, up front uh, Jack Eichel as predicted is on a career best 90 point pace so good for him and he's bringing along Victor Olofsson still at left wing on the top line playing a season high 20 plus minutes in both of those games last week and he picked up a goal and assist despite the two losses for the team but uh, the troubling thing here and I've been waiting for this is Marcus Johansson cooling off as a second line center with only three assists in his last eight games it's a troubling situation because Evan Rodriguez uh, was supposed to pick up that slack uh, uh, in the offseason and even uh, Middlestat was supposed to be a factor I expect him in fact to move from his right wing position on the third line because Rodriguez and Larson don't offer much in terms of offensive punch combined they have three points on the season well, I want to talk about the elephant in the room here, and I can't—I honestly can't believe Nikita Kucherov avoided uh, a suspension uh, for that hit on on uh, Vladimir Sabotka. That was a bad, bad hit, going low uh, into the into the legs on a guy like that, and it did not look good when Sabotka came off. Uh, you know, barely putting a, a ton of weight on that knee. Uh, there hasn't been. Uh, a ton of reports there you know he was uh, seen wearing a walking boot but other than that uh, there hasn't been uh, a real update there and I I just think that was a bad hit and yes I understand you know they're playing in the global series so maybe you don't want to take one of the biggest stars in that game out um, for that second game there but really I think the NHL uh, missed uh, a a huge opportunity to send a message about what I would call a, a pretty dirty play to be perfect honest yeah i'm not going to disagree with you there that one that one should have been called and uh, you wonder why uh, why it wouldn't have been that's that's a real good call on your part the calgary flames 10 7 and 3 is the record 2 0 and 1 last week david riddich is starting to get the lion's share in the nets he's his record on the season 9 4 and 3 aj uh, only eight goals allowed in the three games that he played in last week so good for him michael backland factoring into the offense here we know about the big line but backland is chipping in with a goal and three assists rasmus anderson added to the totals on on defense with three assists himself you know you think about this blue line scoring you think about tj brody and of course mark giordano but rasmus anderson draws into the mix there giordano for his part did pick up three points again and you got to give it to this guy 36 years old and he's having a year almost as good as he did last year when it was a career type season that got him the norris trophy and noah hannafin another young uh, defenseman who's chipping in with five points in his last six games so a lot of production from the back end here in in calgary 
Well, we talked uh, previously, you know, about stacking lines, and this is one opportunity where I think uh, you really can. You know, you're going to pay up pretty, uh, pretty big for Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan, um, but you can get Elias Lindholm in there for for a relatively, uh, you know, discounted price. And you look at what he's done lately; he's certainly worth it. There uh, um, doesn't have a goal in his last three games, but overall uh, has. You know, his most recent game on, on the ninth against the Blues ended a uh, 10 or a nine game uh, point streak. And so really you can get him uh, discounted compared to the other uh, two options here and really make a, a nice stack. Uh, unfortunately, they're not going tonight. Uh, otherwise, I, I would definitely highlight that. But something to watch uh, on future nights. And uh, Carolina Hurricanes, they rolled to another uh, win last night that snapped a three-game losing streak from last week. It uh, snapped a four-game losing streak overall, actually. Dougie Hamilton continues to be the big news here with, with better than a point per game from the back end to lead the club in scoring. Sebastian Ajo got off the schneid a little bit last night with a nice effort, but before that, only 11 points in 17 games. They had to be a little bit concerned with their signature former forward kind of underperforming. So hopefully that 8-2 to two drubbing was something that will stay in the skates of this team as they they are a very good skating club and they need to get going here a little bit. Jordan Stahl, another guy who has had a very disappointing season, AJ. He's been a top center here for a while. Uh, maybe miscast in that role, but only five points in 17 games played. That's very low even for him. Uh, good news is that Andrei Svechnikov, a youngster, has been carried, carrying the load offensively before last night. He had seven points in his last four games. Uh, disappointing news for them as their leading goal scorer, uh, Eric Halla, missed the last three games, maybe missed last night too, as far as I know. Uh, their top goal scorer with eight goals so far this season. Yeah, losing Hala has really impacted this team's depth and in, in what they've been able to do. And they, it feels like nothing's really uh, cementing other than that Svechnikov, Aho, uh, Teravainen line. You know, they've tried other things. Right now, it's Warren Fogel playing with Stahl and Dzingel. Um, but we've seen other guys up in that role. Uh, and so really, you know, uh, without Eric Halla, it has made things uh, complicated for them. They've had to rely on some youngsters uh, being called up here or there. So uh, you would like to get them back, but it definitely doesn't sound like it's going to be a short term absence. Uh, pretty consistent that they're not uh, getting a ton of updates on him and really making things uh, you know, difficult for the coaching staff there. The Chicago Blackhawks went 2-1-1 uh, and one last week, a good week for the club, and it was highlighted by the fact that their signature player, Patrick Kane, had a huge week, four goals and four assists, and uh, looked awesome against the Leafs on Sunday night, I have to say. Alex Nylander, though, uh, has not scored a goal in his last 13 games played, and his minutes are, are being reduced after a long stretch on the, in the top two lines there. Uh, instead, Al Andrew Shaw is getting more right-wing time on the second line, and he has produced three points in his last four games, and that adds a lot of grit to the lineup, so it's good for the Hawks if this guy's going well. Alex Dabrinkat and uh, Dylan Strom are both well off their scoring pace of last season, and that's a troubling situation for the Blackhawks because they thought they really discovered something there with that tandem. I think it's way too early to give up on these guys, and they are the future of this club, and I expect a bit of a bounce back here, but uh, uh, Taves is another guy you can put in that camp in terms of underperforming AJ, and that's more important to this team that their leader uh, starts to hit the sheet with score sheet with more regularity than he's shown. A change of scenery, though, ha as you predicted, hasn't helped Oli Mata on this blue line. Only four assists, but AJ, you did warn us, didn't you? 
<laughs> I did, yeah. And the thing is with with Mata, uh, you know, he's being paired up um, with, you know, for a while it was with, you know, Brent Seabrook. Uh, and right now he's playing with Adam Bockwist, the the youngster that's uh, up playing with them, who started off really strong with a with a goal in just his second game, but has kind of uh, tapered off. And and I. I'm not sure that he sticks around once, you know, once they maybe get uh, Connor Murphy back at some point down the road. Slater Cuckoo uh, will continue to compete for for minutes there. And so you could see the occasional healthy scratch uh, situation as well. Uh, But yeah, Mata just isn't, you know, his offensive game is really hit or miss. It comes and goes. And in my experience watching him in Pittsburgh, those times where it was working is when he got to play with guys uh, that were a little bit more established, a, a little bit, um, you know, grittier veterans who who could play uh, on the on the back end, but still kind of cover up for some of his mistakes. I think that that's why it hasn't worked with Seabrook necessarily, because Seabrook's uh, a little a, a little bit slower than he was, uh, you know, in the past. And so it makes it difficult uh, for Mata to really do anything in, in terms of offense. The Colorado Avalanche are besieged by injuries on the top line. We've talked about that a lot, but now you can add Philip Grubauer to that mix with, dealing with a lower body injury. Pavel Frankus will be pressed into duty. In fact, he was last week and he uh, went 2-0 and in the starts that he had. He's 4-2. and That's one of the better records among backup goalies. And sitting here in Toronto, I envy that, Mark. I can say that for sure. <laughs> JT Comfer has risen to the challenge of a top six role up front on the right wing with a significantly improved shots on goal rate and four points in his last ten, ten, eight games. So that's a, an interesting DFS play if you're looking to round out your roster with a guy who has a top six role on a, on a pretty good offense. Kale McCarr is having an outstanding year, AJ, and three goals and three more assists last week. He tied for uh, leading scorer among defensemen in the league. Ryan Graves is a guy who's playing in his shadow, but the goal and three assists from his, his uh, defense position is also good news in Colorado. Yeah, I think Matt Calvert, uh, another name uh, to to toss in there right now, at least uh, based on yesterday's line combinations, going to play with McKinnon and Donskoy at the top. Although that uh, that spot in the lineup has been really uh, pretty fluid, and it, that may not even last more than a period as well. So, um, you know, it, it may be tempting to see his name on there and see that that one uh, next to his assignment. I think. Yeah, man, I'm back and forth because I do think it could be a hit if he if he sticks there. But I'm questioning whether he'll last more than, uh, you know, more than a, a period or two in that spot. So ultimately, I think I would advise against it uh, and avoid it. But if you want, it's probably not going to be a very high owned, in, in my opinion. So maybe something uh, in maybe a GPP kind of contrarian play there. And in Columbus, this team's a little played a little bit better than I've suspected that they would, AJ, but it's not any place to bank your, uh, put your bankroll in DFS as far as I'm concerned. Alex Tessier has missed four, missed four games with a knee injury, but he was returned to the left wing on the top line last week. Only three points in 13 games played. He's not long for that spot. There's got to be some other options in the mix. One of them is not going to be uh, Foligno on the on the forward ranks. He got he's got one goal and 33 shots on goal year to date. But he was suspended three games uh, for a dangerous hit that he uh, applied on the weekend. And you 
mentioned earlier, the league is still vigilant about this sort of thing. This is one that didn't slip, uh, slip through the cracks, though. Alex Wenberg not being very productive in big minutes in the second-line center role here. That's a trouble spot. Only six points in 17 games played. Sadly, he's not exactly being pushed by one Boone Jenner, who has only five points as the third-line center. So uh, they got to straighten out the middle of the ice here before things get better in Columbus, in my opinion. Well, you said they should have better options for that first line left wing spot. And really, uh, I don't think they do, to be perfectly blunt. Uh, you know, Oliver Borkstrand, Sonny Milano, uh, both these guys middling uh, production, six points each uh, in, in 17 uh, games for Borkstrand, 15 for Milano. And so, yeah, that's slightly better than the, the three points, but uh, I don't think it gets uh, significantly better for the fact that this organization, the, the minor league club won a Calder cup a couple years ago. There really just hasn't been this jump uh, to the next level in terms of, you know, coming into the NHL and making an impact. And, and I think it's uh, a bit concerning for them. Part of it could be the, the game plan last year when they uh, brought in a bunch of guys at the trade deadline, tried to make a run for the cup. And so some of these younger guys didn't get opportunities to play um, in at the NHL level. And now they're being asked to. Uh, so I, I, it's definitely concerning long term if I'm a Blue Jackets fan. And a concern right now for the Dallas Stars who went 1-0-1 last week is the situation around John Klingberg. I cited the fact that he's only... Uh, got a few points in the bank, but four points in a minus 10 in 17 games, that's pretty terrible for him. And now he's dealing with a lower body, body injury that's going to keep him out for uh, at least two weeks. This is quickly becoming a season for him to forget about. Right alongside him in the infirmary, though, is Rupe Hints. He's dealing with a lower body injury. This guy's been the star of the offense, and uh, they'll miss him for the next two weeks. So, so teams will be lining up to play this team uh, hoping for a quick and easy two points based on the fact those two guys are missing. But you can add to the fact that uh, Jason Dickinson, only two points in 14 games played, moves up to the second line center role and becomes a player to watch there, I suppose. But uh, the news is not great in the, in the Dallas situation here. This is a strong defensive team, but they're struggling to score enough to take advantage of that, uh, that posture. Well, and I think you got to look no further uh, than Jamie Penn in terms of failure to score at this point. One goal uh, in the third game of the year. So that's a 13-game uh, stretch without a goal. And that's certainly not good enough for, for a player of his caliber, especially when you consider uh, how much money they're paying the guy right now. Uh, you look at his cap hit, $9.5 for this year and the next four seasons. Uh, and that's certainly not good enough. Uh, I'm sorry, next five seasons, rather. Uh, and I don't know what the answer is here. It, it was something that happened last year that caused their team, uh, you know, their uh, the organization, to, the president there to call out uh, him and, and Sagan for not being good enough. And you bring in Joe Pavelski, who you expect would bolster the offense. And his numbers have been been fine. Uh, no goals in his last four games, but two assists over that stretch. So uh, not what you're expecting when you pay him big dollar money either. So uh, the guys that are earning all the bucks are not producing for them right now. And, and I don't know what the answer is for this club, because you're not going to be able to trade one of these guys, even you know, you're not going to get the return that you would want for somebody of their caliber. Uh, nobody's going to be able to take that cap hit on either. So uh, really, uh, they're in a tough spot here. Up next, we talk about the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, last week started with the first significant trade of the season, I'll say, AJ, where the 
St. Louis Blues traded Robbie Fabry to the wings for Jacob De La Rosa, a guy who's flirted with third and fourth line minutes in their circumstance. But Fabry is a guy with a tremendous offensive upside, and he's going to get an opportunity with the wings that he didn't in St. Louis, I guess. And it started off very well. He got two goals in his wings debut as a left wing on the second line, so a player to watch there for sure. In terms of the goaltending situation, it's, it's now the ball is in Jonathan Bernier's court. He was 2-0 and last week with only four goals allowed in wins against last year's uh, two of the best teams last season and two of the best teams this year as far as you can see Boston and Vegas falling prey to Bernier last week but on the flip side is there a bigger flop in the NHL than Andreas Athanasiu AJ two goals and a minus 21 so far for a guy who I was expecting much more from and then in terms of the hype department Taro Hirose was a guy who was hyped in the preseason but he's floundering with a very diminished role only five assists and had two DNPs to his ledger last week yeah I think I think you hit the nail on the head with AA there you know really just has not been able to figure it out this season and you know sometimes you can overlook a, a, a subpar you know uh, plus minus you look at uh, last season was a minus nine but had 54 points 30 goals you know it's like okay I can kind of live with that uh, if that's the player that you are 11 of those points coming on the power play but this year just eight points so the production isn't there certainly does not look like he's going to get to the the 30 goal mark this season or, or even close really but then a disastrous minus 21 I mean that is outrageous you as i've said before you can say what you will about plus minus but when the number's that bad it definitely tells you something the edmonton oilers are telling the league something aj they're a team to be reckoned with 12 5 and 2 overall 2 1 and 1 last week and uh, one of the good news stories here is in net miko koskinen is on a bit of a roll two wins last week and a shutout as well when was the last time you could talk about a goalie with a shutout in edmonton it's been a while uh, Leon Dreisaitl <laughs> continues his excellent play. One goal and seven helpers on the week. Connor McDavid, five goals, two assists. They're really ticking and bopping right now. And Zach Cassian still along for the ride. And a great defense, uh, DFS value there. Five points in his last six games. Uh, Alex Chason is doing what he needs to do on the second line. We said they have some big guys who are riding shotgun on the top two lines. Chason uh, has a good shots on goal rate and lots of hits if you're looking for a cheap guy to plug into your DFS lineups from the Edmonton point of view. Well, Paul, I can tell you when the last time they were talking about a shutout, and it was October 20th against uh, uh, Winnipeg there. Mike Smith uh, got the shutout but still didn't get the win uh, after that that game fell uh, to a shootout there. But, um, you know, credit where credit is due. We've talked about Mike Smith enough on, on this show. I think he's doing a great job uh, splitting the duties. Wow. Yep, yep, you heard it. <laughs> you heard it right. Uh, I think it's working out well right now to split the duties with Koskinen. You've got a veteran goaltender who I wouldn't necessarily want playing 50, you know, 55, 60 uh, games and a youngster who's really trying to make his way into the NHL. I, I think they're making it work right now. Uh, I would expect Koskinen maybe to take over a little bit uh, more as we head into the rest of the season, but uh, they're making it work. One guy who's not making it work, though, is Riley Shahan. Still pointless uh, on the year uh, in in uh, his uh, you know 14 uh, 14 games this season. Missed a couple due to injury, but really. You know, his game has really, really dropped off yeah, in Detroit. There was that extended uh, drought. Then he came to Pittsburgh. The numbers were OK 
with the Penguins. Uh, and then Florida was, again, kind of okay there, but really uh, has has fallen on hard times here with that. Uh, and this is a guy I would not trust. You know, <laughs> uh, he's playing a lot of shorthanded minutes. Uh, if he gets a shorthanded goal, it'll be great. But really, he's just become a more defensively minded uh, player. 1148 is the ice time average right now. And 209 of that is killing penalties. So only nine minutes of, of uh, five on five action for him. Um, we've been talking a lot about Mackenzie Weger in the Florida situation. He's going to miss tonight's action, though. With He took a, a blow to the face last week and uh, is not faring too well at the moment. So uh, keep an eye on his status because he's been a really good story in uh, in a pretty good story that Florida's writing overall here, sitting there with an 8-4-5 and five record so far. They had a middling week last week with one win, one loss, and one overtime loss uh, to their ledger. Evgeny Dadanov continues to be uh, a pretty secret weapon here on the top line with Barkov and Huberdeau, the, the name names. Uh, Dadanov chipped in with two goals, three assists last week. And boy, he's a must-play in DFS if you've got a chance to plug in a guy who's a real scoring threat on a nightly basis playing with those two fellas. Barkov, for his part, three goals and two assists, doing what he normally does. He's better than a point-per-game player the last couple of years, and he's looking like a uh, cinch to do that again. But a troubling spot that continues to be the play of Sergei Bob- Bobrovsky in the Nets. AJ, he went 0-1-1 with seven goals against in his last two starts last week. And uh, despite the 6-3-4 record in terms of the win-loss and overtime losses he's still sitting there with a 339 goals against average that's not what they wanted for the big cap hit that they spent on this guy well i wonder what they could uh how much they'd have to pay to convince uh, roberto luongo to come out of retirement right now <laughs> i mean they at this point it feel, it seems like they could use it uh you know and the other guy that they, they need to to step up here is Vinny trotrak yes Missed a bunch of time with that injury, but uh, two games back, it was a back-to-back on the road. That's a tough way to come back from an injury. Uh, so hopefully uh, for for his fantasy owners, he can start turning it around, and I think he will. I don't know if the matchup with Boston tonight is the ideal time uh, to go in on him or his linemate, Mike Hoffman, but at some point I imagine these two will figure it back out and start putting some goals in uh, into the net. In Los Angeles, this was a team we expected to be a bottom bottom feeder in the league, and they certainly are right now. It looks like they're trying to load up their top players, though, in the top line offensively and the top defensive tandem, and uh, that means that uh, uh, Kopitar is st- Anze Kopitar is still a very steady producer, and they're banking on him. 16 points in 17 games played to date. They're partnering Tyler Toffoli and Jeff Carter around him. Carter is really struggling here. No points in his last four games, but Toffoli's at least showing a bit of sign of life with three points in his last four outings. Kopitar, no goals in his last nine games played. Playing with these guys should change all that, I think. And then on the blue line, Alex Mar- Alec Martinez has been a longtime defenseman here, but he's never ru- had a run with Drew Doughty, and he's getting that chance right now. So maybe some sneaky good value there in, in terms of the top pairing uh, when Martinez is concerned. Yeah, I expect this team to continue to shred uh, or shed rather uh, some of the the veterans as as part of a retooling. I think um, you're going to see Anze Kopitar and Drew Doughty are probably the only two guys uh, who are untouchable at this point. And I I really would extend that out to Jonathan Quick uh, potentially being an option. I think Alex Iafalo could be uh, an intriguing uh, you know look for for other teams. 
And then the one other name I'll just throw out there that I don't know that the team would be actively trying to move him, but would maybe be willing uh, to, to part ways if the right offer came would be Alec Martinez. Uh, his cap hit four million. That's pretty manageable. It's got another year on it, and that's really intriguing uh, to to teams making that. You know, we've gone away from the the one year rentals. I, I feel like uh, the last couple of seasons, you don't necessarily see a guy get traded whose contract expires at the end of the season. You're seeing more and more guys who maybe have one year uh, after this one. So you get them for this playoff run, and then you get one more year out of them to kind of see. So. Toffoli uh, is a UFA after the season, so that could be a one-and-done option. But Alec Martinez, I think, is the bigger intriguing piece. Or Alex, who you follow, carries a two, you know, less than two and a half on his cap hit. Again, he's one of those two-year-out guys and, and could get a look. In Minnesota, the good news is on the defense in terms of scoring here, and so that's where I want to start, AJ. They went 2-1 and one last week, which is a high watermark for this team. Jared Spurgeon is a guy that I, I think is should be picked up in, in DFS play uh, more often than not. Six points in his last seven games played. He's pretty good value in season long as well, I'm finding. He and Ryan Sutter both picked up three assists last week to show you that the the level of performance they're getting there brad hunt uh, continues to be in that mix as well maybe the surprise element four points in his last six games from the back end up front after a slow start eric stall is finally rolling along and he's doing very well in fact leading the offense with a streak of nine points in his last seven games played that's very good news for for wild fans one thing you really have to key in on on these DFS contests is try and get guys while they're hot, but also before their price uh, point adjusts. You know, FanDuel does a great job, in my opinion, adjusting guys to being uh, where they're at, but it usually takes a little bit. And one of those guys that I will mention uh, is Kevin Fiala. You look at his price on FanDuel right now, 4300 That's really discounted and lets you do a lot of other things in your lineup. And he's on a, a four-game point streak, has five points in his last four games, including three, assist, uh, three goals rather and so uh, a good opportunity to continue to use him and a pretty decent matchup tonight on the road yes but against la who we just talked about all their struggles so um, i might actually be looking at this and changing my lineup as we talk <laughs> and the montreal canadians they went 2-0-1 last week aj they're factoring into the playoff race as some people thought they would and uh, surprise elements are a reason why. Jonathan Drouin leads this team in scoring, has seven points in his last seven games played, so finally living up to some of the hype that was expected of him. But it's the old standby, Shea Weber, that also caught people's eye with three goals and one assist from his back line position. Thomas Tatar is another guy who's woken up in the last little while, seven points in his last seven games played. But he's been moved down to the third line, so be wary of plugging him in until you see some production at that end. This was done in an effort to boost Paul Byron, who's only had four points season to date. He's getting to move up, moved up to the left wing on the second line next to Max Domi, who has rehabbed a few people, uh, not the least of which is Drouin here. I, I am concerned about this kind of blender approach. I, I don't know that it's really going to help anybody. You you mentioned Domi's uh, made it work for, for a couple other guys, but... I have serious concerns, uh, you know, long term uh, if this is going to work. And I would expect that maybe at some point they're going to make that switch. Even if it does get Paul Byron kind of going, they're going to make this switch before too long. And and 
and the hope will be that once he gets Byron going, that it'll kind of carry over and give them a third uh, scoring line potentially. But uh, I, I'm not sure that this is one that's that's going to work out for him. The Nashville Predators, another team that uh, highlights their their club with strong defense defensive play from the back end. Roman Yossi ticking and bopping three more assists in his bank account. Ryan Ellis, 16 points in 17 games played. I picked this guy in a couple in a couple of leagues because of the departure of P.K. Subban. I thought he'd get more of a run, and he is on a career-best pace and getting more power play time than ever. So that was a move we forecast early on, and I'm glad it's paying off for me and whoever listened to me at that point. Michael Granlund, though, this guy was a, a leading scorer with Minnesota not so many years ago. And since his trade to Minnesota to Nashville, things really haven't worked out for him, AJ. And he's now been relegated to a fourth line role in the right wing. That's a shocker for for uh, the money that they spent on him, uh, or they inherited on his contract. Rather, I'm a little surprised that Matt Duchesne has been shifted to right wing on the second line. But that may, may be more about trying to fire up Kyle Turris as a second line center. He's been struggling here for the, about the last year and a half, and they've got to be pulling their hair out because this guy's got tons of skill, and it's just not translating right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when they brought in Kyle Terrace, you're looking at at number two center. Uh, He's found himself fourth line center at at times this season. Uh, And honestly, I I did expect uh, Duchesne to be on the wing uh, when the season started with Terrace in that second line center role, but it just hasn't been there. Uh, uh, Duchesne, for his part, was able to shake off an extended goal drought, has three goals in his last uh, three games. So he seems to be finding it. He had previously gone eight games uh, without a goal. Uh, So getting him back going is is a good thing for them. I don't know how long that uh, that look with uh, Duchesne on the wing is going to hold out, though. Uh, I just think Terrace is kind of uh, really... Uh, kind of failed them at, at this point in, in terms of goal scoring. Now, uh, his numbers, the, the year he came over from Ottawa, you look at the combined numbers, 51 points in 76 games. You'll certainly take that. But last year was limited to just 55 games, only had 23 points uh, in that season. And that is the first time uh, in his career uh, well, no, since his rookie season, that's the first time since his rookie season, he didn't hit the 10 goal mark. And, uh, I think he will this year. He's already got four, but, uh, certainly the 50 point mark seems to be out of reach. And in New Jersey, I called for a goaltending switch here in terms of the hierarchy that was, a lot of people were touting. Corey Schneider was supposed to be the incumbent who would take the reins, but Mackenzie Blackwood has uh, stolen the number one job from him effectively. Two and one was his record last week, uh, allowing seven goals against. Then a two and two week for the Devils overall. On the back end, they're troubled by the fact that Semi Vatnan is dealing with a facial injury. He was elbowed in the schnoz and uh, is sidelined right now. And that's too bad because he was looking like he was the power play quarterback of choice and playing very well in that role. This could be an opportunity for David, Damon Severson to take advantage of high leverage minutes once again. And I'm anxious to see what he, would, he, he does with this short term role and could. Uh, re- return to the profile that I expected of him at the start of the season but the troubling news here is Taylor Hall has performed well on the ice 15 points in 16 games played but we're hearing way too much about rumors of uh, will he stay or will he go as a pending UFA it's far too early in the season to start with this news but it seems to be dotting the horizon for uh, Devils and their fans right now 
Well, and it was interesting. He got asked whether he uh, whether he would consider returning to Edmonton, uh, which I thought was an interesting question to to be posed. Uh, he did a great job, kind of deflecting. You know, I haven't really thought about it, uh, and you know, we'll see if they can get something done here. But you have to wonder if this team, you know, as they continue to be uh, towards the bottom of the standings, if maybe that's changing his perception now. It could be that he's excited about playing with the the younger guys like Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer, and and maybe he wants to to stick around and and see what this team can build a, around those guys. But at 27, uh, you know, this isn't a guy that's really been tied because of that trade to one franchise. So uh, it raises questions about whether or not he would stay, and I think that's what you're seeing. Uh, for me. I don't think it's been coming necessarily, at least not directly from Taylor Hall uh, in terms of moving here. But uh, maybe if they could get a huge return and would be willing to retain some salary for the rest of the season, maybe they consider moving him uh, if if things continue to go south here. Yeah, that storyline's not going to go away. And how about this storyline? Are we shocked? That, anybody shocked that a team... Managed by Lou Lamorello and coached by Barry Trotz is one of the strongest defensive teams in hockey. We've seen this before. <laughs> and right now, Thomas Grice is enjoying life there. He's 7-1 and one on the season so far. He was 2-0 and oh with only two goals against last week. So good on the Islanders for building a really strong defensive posture from which they play their games night in, night out. One of the guys that's benefiting there is Adam Pellick. He and Ryan Pullica are a nondescript defensive tandem when it comes to name recognition. But Pellick, for his part, a goal and two assists even on on the offensive side of the puck their their record is buoyed by the fact though that uh, hands uh, Bar- Matthew Barzal is looking more like he did in his rookie season after a subpar sophomore year he's back up to almost a point per game pace and that's excellent news here and we've talked about Derek Broussard in the past finding a renewed sense of purpose here he has five goals and two assists in his last eight games played and is entrenched now among the top six as the right winger on the second line and uh, looking for all the world like he did a couple of years ago as a, a bona fide top six player. I'm really intrigued to see what this team uh, potentially is going to look like if and when uh, they get Andrew Ladd uh, back into the lineup, as well as Leo Komarov, who, uh, in addition to some illness, has apparently been dealing with a a neck injury um, as well. And I think it's going to shake things up and and maybe not for the better with how well this team's been playing. Uh, you know, they have just one loss, uh, you know, in the last, you know, 10 games and, and beyond. Um, and so really so good that it's you almost worry if injecting uh, new players will will shake things up too much. New York Rangers are rocking and rolling right now. 2-1-1 one, one last week in a busy week. Uh, they're getting a strong performance from Henrik Lundqvist, who has taken the number one goalie situation back from Georgia, who had a nice run before that. Lundqvist was 2-0-1 oh, last week with eight goals against. Up front, Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom are carrying the load. One was a shocker, one not uh, pretty much expected. Panarin doing what, what you expect, but Ryan Strom has been on a tear for a long while here and cementing his role as a top six forward. On the back end, the youngsters Adam Fox and Tony D'Angelo continue to write headlines, picking up four and five points respectively. So there's a lot of good news to report in the Rangers situation as this makeover is working out fairly well for them. Yeah, it seems like they've been able to kind of retool, you know, at one point, uh, especially last season, uh, you you certainly had 
concerns for Henrik Lundqvist just having to weather uh, this kind of storm. Uh, but they've been able to pretty quickly uh, kind of retool. Now uh, have to wonder how they're going to hold up with Mika Zibanejad out for the next three games. Uh, Mark Stahl, his extended uh, absence as well. Um, but they're going to give Georgiev uh, a look tonight. He's going to start uh, against Pittsburgh uh, in tonight's game after having not played in, in the last three. Uh, is coming off a game in which he gave up six goals on 30 shots uh, to Ottawa. That's certainly not a resume builder there, um, but they'll see if he can bounce back from that tonight. And you mentioned uh, that drubbing Ottawa Senators on the wrong end. Uh, John gabriel Peugeot, despite that uh, drubbing, is the most added player uh, in the NHL uh, roster trends and CBS sports reporting, up 30% in terms of his ownership. That's largely because of five goals in his last four games played. Anders Nilsson had three wins last week, allowing only five goals against to kind of take the lead role in the goaltending situation, which is worth watching there. But some good news for Anthony Duclair, finally. He is locked in as the right winger on the top line, enjoying a career best pace with seven points in his last seven games played. And another youngster, Nick Paul, is thriving at left wing on the top line, making the most of his chance with six points in his last six games played. So it's not a complete write-off when you're looking for offense from this team. Uh, They're getting it from some unexpected sources right now. Absolutely not. And, and I uh, was was big on Anders Nilsson, used him uh, in some DFS contests last night, and then he gets chased out of the nets after giving up four goals on 19 shots. As you can imagine, that lineup did not pan out for me. Uh, after that result but prior to that as you said had been uh, really good lately and in, in performing well I, th- I think he's uh, generally cemented himself as as the preferred option uh, over Craig Anderson I, I think you'll still see it's not going to be a true uh, you know one number one where your backup only gets uh, games on the back-to-back I think you'll still see Craig Anderson factor in from time to time here uh, for my money I, I think I'd only be willing to use uh, Nilsson and only with the right matchup perhaps using him on the road against Carolina wasn't the best of choices for myself that's just a reminder to our listeners to, you know look beyond just the recent run uh, and look at the matchup and, and maybe uh, make a different choice <laughs> and in, in terms of the matchups AJ the Philadelphia Flyers won all four of theirs last week to, to create their recent winning streak Philip Myers uh, sh- shining for them from the blue line three goals one assist not the first guy you'd pick on this blue line to score but he is emerging right now and you keep an eye on his production one guy who's emerged from the get-go is Travis Konechny up front five points in his last four games played and he's playing at an all-star level for this club and is is still a pretty nice value in DFS play despite the run that he's enjoyed in the Nets Carter Hart receded for three of the wins last week and is back on the beam after allowing only five goals against but a troubling situation is continuing here with Kevin Hayes being blanked completely in his last seven games played they made paid a lot of money to get this guy in and he's not performing right now well, and it's not just him. It's that entire third line. You know, you look at uh, Jacob Vorsak, he's uh, goalless in his last seven games, does have three assists over that stretch, but two of those uh, came on the power play. So that's really not in that five on five setting. And then Carson Twarinski on the other side, uh, zero points in his last uh, nine games. So it's not just Kevin Hayes. It's really that entire third line uh, that is not panning out for them. And it's kind of required them to re- lean even you know heavier on, on those top six. 
And now we get to your favorite club, AJ, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Their record 10-6-1 overall, 2-1 is the record. But everybody's wondering, what the heck is going on with Sidney Crosby? I'm looking for you to give us an update when we get to you in a sec. Chris Letang, also sidelined. There's not too many other names that you would rather need in this lineup than those two guys that are missing for the time being. That's tough news. But it's given a guy like a John Marino a chance to shine with one goal and two assists from the back end for him. Uh, despite all this, Murray has receded for two, a 2 one record, and the Nets' his record is 9-3-1 overall so far, and that's great news. Brian Rust, speaking of great news, has uh, rejoined the team in the last couple of weeks, and he's been on fire. Five goals and two assists, a great value right now in DFS play, playing right wing on the second unit there and getting some power play time. Jared McCann forced into a top-six role again, and he's responded with five points in his last three games played and uh, expecting to get a bit of a run as long as Crosby will be out. And now tell us, man, what's the story with Sid the Kid? Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, Coach uh, Mike Sullivan's really played it pretty coy at at the press conference yesterday. Um, You know, they asked about Crosby. He said he was, you know, out uh, tonight, wasn't going to make the trip. So he's also going to miss the game against New Jersey. I would imagine that uh, with the quick turnaround and and not being around with the team, I would be surprised if he plays Saturday uh, against Toronto as well. But that is a home game. So, you, you know, you never know there. But the fact that he didn't really provide any sort of update is what's most concerning to me. He was asked if this was a long-term absence and his response was, well, what do you mean by long-term? So certainly that's never good to hear. Uh, I like the Jared McCann uh, move. I've had him all season long thinking he would uh, get these opportunities. And I think he's a, a great play tonight. What's interesting is that it's you know, it's kind of a one A one B right now in terms of the lines. I would technically call Malkin's line the number one. He's going to stick with Brian Rust, and then uh, Dominic Simone is going to be the other guy in uh, instead of Alex Galchenyuk, who they had pay, uh, pegged to play with Malkin all all year long. It looks like it'll be Galchenyuk with McCann, and then Jake Gensel uh, in the one B line. You know, I don't whatever you want to call these two lines, whichever one's one or two. I don't think it really matters. They should see pretty similar uh, ice time and then uh, a sneaky DFS option a guy that played really well in his previous stint Sam Lafferty going to play with Nick Bustad and Dominic Cahoon on the third line uh, might be worth if you're if you're building up high he would be a low-end price option that you could get in that might produce for you uh, tonight the St. Louis Blues are producing for everyone, AJ. They're on a seven-game win streak, the hottest team in the league, the defending stamps, and Jordan Bennington continues to ride the, that wave. 2-0 and last week with only three goals against. 9-2-3 and is his record on the season. Uh, as mentioned, they picked up Jacob De La Rose. He will solidify the bottom six here. Not that it needed, needed much solidifying, but don't expect much fantasy, fantasy value from him. That still rests with people like Alex Petrangelo on the defense with one goal and five assists to lead all defensemen in scoring last week. And David Perron, he's on a career best point per game pace, and I bet heavily on him in the early part of the season and being rewarded, and I hope you are too if you listen. I really have to wonder, they must not have known uh, the extent of Steen's injury when they traded Robbie Fabry away because 
I, I totally would have expected him to slot into this this lineup right away if they knew Steam was going to be out. Uh, when the f- trade first happened, we have uh, uh, one of our hockey team members is a is a big Blues fan, and uh, his first thought was that this was like the team doing a favor for Robbie Fabry. He's been pretty banged up throughout his time uh, in the in St. Louis, has struggled to break into the lineup, and so really uh, we all felt like this was a great move for Robbie Fabry. And then it was a couple hours later we found out Steam was going to be out long term, and so it really made you wonder uh, if they didn't know. And because of all those injuries, they're going to give uh jamie mcginn and troy brower uh uh uh, professional tryouts for the next 10 days and and see about signing those guys long term uh the kind of consensus is they have guys in the minors who are doing really well there and they don't want to mess with their development plus with steen and tarasenko out uh, this is a pretty young group so adding uh some veterans i i don't know that both guys uh, we'll land a, a spot here. It's certainly possible, but uh, I would expect at least one of them uh, could have a contract within the next 10 days. That's a great update, AJ, in terms of what's possible on a, in, the, in that landscape. Who wouldn't want to buy a piece of a cheap player into that uh, being thrown into that mix? The San Jose Sharks, a team that uh, rebounded is rebounding from a terrible start. They went 3-0 last week. Barkley Gaudreau is one of the guys that's benefiting right now. He's plugged into the lineup at right wing on the second line. He's had a plus record in each of his last five games played along with four points. So uh, an interesting guy to watch there for the next little while. Thomas Hurdle is a guy who is suddenly on a career best pace after a three goal, three assist week last week. And uh, he's never been a point per game player close a couple of times, but right now playing above that, that line and a big bump in power play time has really helped this breakout season. Timo Meyer is right there with him, catching fire with five points in his last three games played. These were two guys who expected to get more of a role this year, and they are. Marty Jones uh, has struggled at times this season, struggled mightily, but uh, at least looked pretty good last week in two of the three games where he allowed only three, a total of three goals, but he did give up a five spot in the other win uh, despite receding for three wins on the, on the week. Yeah, I'm definitely happy to see Marty Jones, uh, you know, starting to figure it out as I do have him uh, in my NFHC league uh, and have really kind of been waiting for that to hopefully uh, turn around there. One guy that you really uh, need a turnaround from as well is is Joe Thornton. Uh, still no goals uh, to start the season, and that's despite averaging almost two minutes a game uh, of power play time. You have to wonder if this continues uh, you know, uh, far be it for me to suggest taking Joe Thornton off the power play. But if the goals aren't coming, maybe it's a time to give one of these younger guys uh, a look in one of those spots and, and see what else can be done there. The Tampa Lightning sitting with an 8-5-2 and two record. You'd think they'd be happy after a two-win week and things might be starting to turn around for them. They have to be thrilled that Kevin Shattenkirk's uh, career rehabilitation is, is working out well enough that he produced six points in the four games played most recently by him. That's 13 points in 15 games overall. Riding shot one gun for, with Victor Hed- Hedman for the most part. He's, uh, he's flying high right now, and uh, people must have bought very low on him and being feel, feeling really good about that situation to the moment. Uh, Matthew Joseph is making a strong case to stay on right wing on the second line, and that's good news when you're playing with the high-octane players they can offer in the top six. He picked up two goals and one helper in his last four games played. But on the back end, they have to still be troubled by the fact that Vasilevsky is uh, still sitting there with a three-plus goals against average. Nobody forecast that. And uh, another bit of 
troubling, disappointing news is the development of Sergachev on the blue line. Not breaking out yet on defense, but still on a 40-point pace. I still think there's more value here, and if you can get a chance to snap this guy up, do so, because he's a long-term winner in my estimation. I, I generally agree with with you on on that, but my concern here is that they've kind of changed things up uh, the last few games. Sergeyev's playing with Luke Shen uh, most recently in that third pairing, and Luke Shen's not a guy that's necessarily going to help him. He had previously been playing with Shattenkirk, um, but they they made that sh- switch at the Global Series, and and what a year Victor Hedman continues to have. Uh, came back from that two-game uh, stint on injuries, got to go home uh, to to his native uh, Sweden there and play in those Global Series games, had a goal and an assist, both of which came on the power play uh, and really uh, is picking up right where he left off. You know, the only uh, potential knock you would have as a as a fantasy owner right now is he hasn't put any multi-point games together, uh, but still has scored uh, in 11 of his 13 games that he's played in and uh, almost uh, should be considered a near lock in terms of DFS play uh, because he just seems to figure out a way to at least get on the score sheet every night. And AJ, I have to, some trouble with Maple Leafs right now. I... I talked to you off the air before we started this show i'm concerned about this club and their ability to stay among the upper echelon teams the way they're playing right now a really high level of disinterest in long stretches of a lot of the recent games has been a trouble spot but bigger than that mitch marner their leading scorer is out with an ankle injury he's going to miss the next four weeks and they got a lot of road games coming up and a road heavy schedule that's tough for a team who's relying on offense from austin matthews who scored all but one of his goals on home ice he led all scores in the nhl though last week with two goals and seven assists on the week john Tavares uh, picking it up since he got back in the lineup two goals and two helpers in his last four games played and the much maligned william nylander at least by me four goals and two assists in his last four games played starting to really look good aj and that's probably the best news in leafland behind them all freddie anderson reminding everybody just how valuable he is to this team when you consider he's nine two and three overall and uh, michael hutchison who was waived uh, as the backup goalie was oh four and one in that role with a 444 goals against average casimir cascasuo is being called up for the marlies and he's going to get his first start against your favorite club on the weekend yeah it definitely looks uh trends that way i, I would be shocked if they used anderson in both but <laughs> the way things have been going for him uh, it might not be the worst idea those second games of the back-to-back have just been brutal and you know austin matthews mentioned the other night in his post-game uh, comments that uh, they hung hutchinson out to dry uh, and unfortunately the netminder is the one that's paying the price right now uh, you know, I want to make uh, another point in terms of, uh, you know, line stacking here. Uh, Tavares's line is always appealing. Uh, but right now, Trevor Moore uh, playing that left wing spot. I'm not touching that uh, with a 10 foot pole. You look at Tavares's points that you mentioned, uh, those four points in the last three games, three of those coming on the power play when he's not uh, lined up there with Trevor Moore. And that's why Moore uh, remains pointless uh, in his last uh handful of games uh 11 to be exact and so this is one that uh you really kind of got to look into these things it's not as easy as to just see oh moore's super low price he's playing with john Tavares. this guy's going to get points for sure uh that just hasn't been the case in vancouver they're sitting with a nine six and three record they went oh three and one last week on a four game losing streak overall uh jacob markstrom 
is doing his part, allowing only 12 goals against in his last five starts, but only one win to show for that record. Josh Levo finally getting a look at right wing on the second line. His shots on goal rate is up better than two per game, and I'm glad that he's getting a look here because he had a good stint uh, as a top six winger last year and hope to reprise that role right now. Tyler Myers on the back end has not added much from his defensive position uh, despite signing a big ticket here. Only four assists on the season. That's very disappointing, but the opportunity remains as a top right defenseman in their hierarchy here for him to right the shift and I ship and I expect him to to do so so it's a buy low opportunity right now Bo Horvat struggling a bit offensively with no goals and three assists in his last six games played after a nice start has to be a bit of a concern for the Vancouver Canucks yeah absolutely I mean you it's hard to rely on just one guy so much uh, in terms of Elias Pettersson and, and his production has actually dried up a little bit in the last couple of games has just one assist uh, in the last four. Um, so really, uh, you know, struggles all around over this stretch, as you said, really uh, the only kind of highlight during this uh, losing streak has been uh, Markstrom who has kept things competitive. Uh, yes, he gave up five against Chicago. That's uh, less than ideal, but uh, for the most part, he's kept them in games and just been hung out to dry by a lack of offense. In Vegas, the team went one, two, and one last week. They're a middling nine, seven, and three overall. Riley Smith, three goals and one assist, perhaps the least heralded of the top six forwards here, but a consistent scorer through his time with Las Vegas. He leads the club with 10 goals to date, and not many people would have expected that level of production from him uh, relative to his mates uh, at any point in the season. Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, injury update. He's back from his flu, but not still not at the top of his game. AJ, he has three games where he's allowed four-plus goals in his last five starts. That's very unlike him. They need that to turn around because he's still their signature player. The The void on this team though that doesn't get a lot of play and we'll talk about it here is they lack a solid offensive uh, producer from the back end it's notable to think that Shea Theodore only seven points in 19 games played that's barely above a 30 point pace on the season actually leads the the blue liners here and that's a trouble spot that they need to address well they are going to get some help at least offensively Alex Tuck Uh, or it looked like they were going to get some help offensively. Alex Tuck was set to return, uh, did play in two games, but it sounds like he's uh, suffered a setback here and and, uh, was supposed to go on the trip, uh, their most recent road trip. That didn't happen. Uh, And so really uh, that that is not helping things either. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I would slot in, uh, you know, maybe can uh, competes periodically for, for a top six role, probably more likely on that third line. But you look at Tuck, Eakin and Peary, I, I would like that third line matchup against most other teams. Uh, Ryan Reeves will certainly add some physicality in that role, but uh, just, you know, not the same kind of scoring touch, although they'll probably bring uh, Cody Glass back from the minors. They've been bouncing him up and down. So I would expect him to be back uh, for the next game here. The Washington Capitals, they took it on the chin in overtime last week, last night against Arizona, but uh, they went 2-0 and before that and riding with a very nice win streak. Uh, to put them at a 13-2-4 mark overall at the moment. Michael Kempney, most added defenseman in the league, playing with John Carlson is a big reason why. His ownership is up 18% on the season all of a sudden. Jakob Vrana continues to be a big part of the top six that nobody forecasts, so good fantasy value there. Braden Holtby 
sitting with an 8-1-3 and three mark. Uh, nobody's talking about him, but he's having another, uh, another fine start to his career. And John Carlson, the updates are regular in terms of his off- offensive contribution. Five points in the two games he played last week. Why don't they just put his name on the Norris Trophy right now? I mean, honestly, at this point, they might as well. He picked up an assist last night, too, so that's six points in his last three games. His his pace right now is just uh, unbelievable in terms of production here. Uh, it, you know, they got a little bit of a, a depth boost with Panic returning to the lineup last night. Uh, no points, but that's not too surprising considering uh, he was out for an extended run. I would expect him to kind of start competing here for more um, – you know, maybe uh, even push Tom Wilson potentially for a spot on that second line uh, now that he's healthy uh, and it gives them uh, some added depth, which I think has been something they've been lacking a little bit uh, in, in recent weeks. And finally, the Winnipeg Jets, they were 2-0 last week, and uh, it looks like they are contemplating a breakup of their dynamic duo at forward with Wheeler and Shifley centering the each of one each on the top two lines for the time being that means connor and liney will flank shifley while ross lovick and ehlers will join wheeler on the second unit i kind of like this move aj i wonder what you think about it but i also like the look of neil pionk on this blue line he's settling in with six points in his last 10 games played and a plus five playing tons of minutes overall and getting a lot of power play time as a new power play quarterback here He's going to get some help, though, and he, in uh, the form of Nathan Beaulieu. Uh, I think this guy's a player to watch, in fact, AJ. He's got three games under his belt and should be ready to take on a few more minutes and maybe some high leverage time with extra man as well as he has an offensive upside that could be tapped into and reward uh, buyers right now. The thing I don't like about the Wheeler move is that they were essentially forced into it uh, after Brian Little, unfortunately, um, took a puck to the head uh, and, you know, suffered a a, a perforated eardrum, which is causing some vertigo issues. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's it's stretching the depth uh, because, you know, line A moves into Wheeler spot, which means Roslavic moves up as well. And so uh, further down the lineup, you, you get a little bit thin. Uh, obviously, I think they're better off having Wheeler on the, the wing and Brian Little playing in that center role. Uh, on the back end, another guy to kind of keep an eye on is Tucker Pullman. He's been playing uh, really well of late, has two assists in his last two games. Uh, as far as season long, I, I'm not sure I buy in quite yet. Uh, he's one that potentially could find himself on the outside looking in periodically. Um, but for now, as long as he holds on to that spot, uh, certainly a worth a look uh, in dfs contests and speaking of dfs it's time for our FanDuel segment we'll remind our listeners that on FanDuel, uh, over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing their games and we want to invite you to take advantage of their special our special offer for new users to sign up through rotowire tell them rotowire sent you and you know what tell your friends because even if you refer friends you get a you get some money in your bank account for bringing them up to speed on this it's a remarkable way to enjoy uh, your hockey consumption because while you're watching the games you can have your computer on and see your scores change in real time and you got a chance to win some money you know spending as little as a nickel even i'm finding on some of these games and i'm having a great time with it aj and last week we published our our uh, first picks in the dfs segment mine paid and so we encourage you to listen because we're uh, right more way more often than we're wrong in in, in these picks and so i'll begin by th- throwing it to you and talking about the rotowire optimizer lineup tonight aj yeah, so the optimizer, a couple uh, quick trends that, that I see here, likes uh, some of the Rangers tonight uh, against Pittsburgh. 
Uh, and so that's uh, one kind of mini stack that it has going on here. So Optimizer starts off with Nathan McKinnon, uh, 8,600, pairs him up at the center position with Dylan Larkin at 6,600. So paying up a little bit more at the center spot, uh, saving a little bit more at the wing, Timo Meyer for San Jose, 5,500. And then the first two Rangers that I talked about, Chris Kreider, 5,300, and Kapu Kako at 5,000. I think the reason the optimizer likes Kako in this spot, despite a third-line role, is he's slated to be on the number one power play unit. Obviously, that could change. Uh, Paul's favorite guy, Andreas Athanasiu, for 4,700 uh, for Detroit tonight. It is a decent matchup. He does still get power play time, and because of his struggles lately, that price tag is pretty low. He's uh, the second lowest player that uh, the optimizers putting in here. Then it pays up big, uh, a high-low combo on the blue line. Pays up big, seventy-three hundred for Brent Burns tonight, and then uh, Jacob Truba for uh, forty-six hundred. Again, this is guy set to get some power play time tonight with the Rangers. And then in the Nets, uh, the optimizer does like Jacob Markstrom uh, for Vancouver going up against Nashville tonight, seventy-four hundred. So uh, some interesting uh, kind of options there. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that Rangers stack uh, be low ownership tonight. Uh, so certainly something worth considering. Yeah, and I consider the stack possibilities when I'm looking at these matchups. And, and the one that I landed on is a Winnipeg stack that I'll introduce by way of uh, going with Mark Shifley at center on the top line there against the Columbus team, Colorado team rather that's decimated by injury. Winnipeg's the home team there, dynamite at home normal most of the time. So I'm happy to spend 7,500 there. Eric Stahl, I mentioned how hot he is with Minnesota. They got a pretty soft touch in Los Angeles. This is a battle of the dregs though, and I expect uh, Eric Stahl to have a fun night, uh, $6,400 for him. Brian Rust, I said he's on a tear for your Penguins, and I think he's got to be in your lineup, but I'm putting in mine for $4,600. I think that's a screaming hot value the way he's playing right now. Eunice Donskoy is another good value uh, for the visitors in the Winnipeg-Colorado game. He's a guy that's getting top six minutes and more playing time with a couple of Hurts, and for $4,700, I think a good value there as a bit of a contrarian play when he lines up across from Patrick Liney and Kyle Connor. I've got both of those guys in the lineup for 7500 and 6700 respectively, expecting a high-scoring game in that tilt. Neil Pionk uh, is another guy I'll throw in to complete my uh, my lean in the Winnipeg direction. $4,400 his value, and he's been really good value of late, as I implied earlier with my thumbnail on, on that team. Jacob Truba, you mentioned the optimizer like, likes him. Well, I do too against your your the visiting Penguins tonight. The Rangers, I said, uh, I like the way this team's going of late, and uh, Truba's a big reason why. And in, net, in the Nets for St. Louis, I'm going with uh, Jordan Bennington, $8,500 against a team that's playing the second of back-to-backs in Arizona. I will say, though, that Arizona swept a pair of back-to-backs last week, so this is by no means a lock. I just don't expect that history to repeat tonight. AJ, what's your slant? Yeah, so uh, I am paying up real big at the center position tonight. Uh, you know, looking at your lineup, Paul, your highest skater uh, was Mark Shifley, uh, and he's the second priced uh, center for me. If that doesn't tip the hand, I'll give it to you straight up here. Connor McDavid for me tonight, 9,000. We talked about San Jose's struggles. Edmonton's been playing great. I think this is a solid matchup for McDavid to put in some points. And then I will go with Shifley at 7,500. Uh, and then uh, I start off my penguin stack here in the wing 
Uh, I'm going to go Jake Gensel tonight, 7,400. I think, uh, you know, he's going to be tasked with, with stepping it up. And I think he's going to do really well with Jared McCann at 4,200, kind of a unique quirk here. Uh, McCann is a winger on, on FanDuel, but he will play center tonight. Um, so if you want to stack those guys together, you got to use two of your wing spots. And then the next two, uh, wingers are guys we, t- I talked about earlier in the show, Sam Lafferty, 3,200. Uh, low price playing that third line for the penguins Uh, i wouldn't be shocked to see him on the number two power play unit as well Uh, and so some sneaky value there for me and then kevin fiala i mentioned 4300 for minnesota going up against la Uh, that's another good matchup there as well i went middle of the range on my defenseman quinn hughes for vancouver uh, playing at home 4400 he's been uh, playing really well uh, overall on the season starting to heat up in terms of point production here Uh, and then drew dowdy for la 5700 you know for what he's been able to produce overall he's been on a bit of a mini slump of late but still gets plenty of shots on plenty of blocks and so if he can get on the score sheet uh, his value is pretty high and then in the nets uh, i round out my penguin stack 8,900 for Matt Murray. And here's why I'm using Murray and why I don't necessarily like uh, a New York Rangers look tonight. Murray for his career, seven games against the Rangers, 6-0-1 with a uh, .912 save percentage. This guy has been lights out against the Rangers in his career. And I expect that to continue tonight. So for me, I'm not touching anybody from New York in that matchup and uh, i'm hoping my penguins come out with a big win uh maybe something in the area of six nothing perhaps uh all goals from gensel mccann and lafferty would be uh, the hope there so without seeing aj's lineup folks all you got to know is if pittsburgh wins he's got a good shot if they lose he's he's uh, in the dumpster fire so pretty much true most nights all or nothing for aj and i love the way he goes uh, goes in there uh you know what? We have to talk a little bit more about about FanDuel, AJ, because this is just such a a boon to me in terms of the way I enjoy hockey now, uh, including a lineup uh, while I'm watching the games, having the computer on and watching the scores change in real time. There's there's no experience in sports quite like this uh, in terms of the way fantasy sports is, is allowing people to play for as cheap as a nickel, even for free if you want to. But it's just another way to engage the fan and uh, uh, the home hockey experience is is a fun one for me yeah absolutely i'm i'm you know i play it all the time and and definitely play pretty much every night and i've been talking about those uh those free contests uh that they've been running so here's what i'll do for our listeners i i literally just did it go on to my twitter at aj shoals 24 i just tweeted out the link uh to that free contest and also if you make a deposit there you'll get uh some bonus money as well i believe 15 dollar bonus uh if you make that deposit tonight so uh I shared that link. Just click on that. You can get that bonus cash. You can play right away in that free contest. So you don't even have to put any of that money on the line. Uh, so yeah, at AJ Scholes two, four, go in and check that out right away. If you've been wanting to get into DFS, this is a great opportunity to give it a look. And we'll remind you too, that, uh, we, as we wrap up this episode, our next podcast takes place a week from today. Every Tuesday, we're, we drop uh, the most recent hockey knowledge that we have at our disposal. Please remember to send your comments and questions on Twitter. Follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow AJ at AJScholes24. As always, we invite you to listen into the podcast to get our tips to stay out of the competition in your fantasy hockey planning and research. So long, everybody. 